Well, guys, we collectively made it to the end of Season 3. Thank you so much for joining me in the last two episodes and giving me your feedback and your encouragement and your tips. In this episode, I'm going to be covering everything I've learned over the last 15 episodes, but I'd love to share with you, including how my money mindset has been challenged in the last couple of months, how, once again, the systems I've put in place for my marketing have given me a really soft place to land when things got tough, how staying the course, even when it looks like you can't see the forest for the trees, you're in the messy middle, and the only way you're going is uphill, how staying the course is super important in those times, and what tweaks and changes you can expect coming up in Season 4. Right, without further ado, let's jump on in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and am still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses If you're running a small business, raising small humans, and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. Hey guys, well, we've made it to the end of season three. I can't believe I've been doing this for 45 episodes. Um, Straight off the bat, I I can't say what a game changer running a podcast has been. For my business. I've loved being able to communicate with you guys in this format, in this way. I feel so good about the fact that you and I can be chatting about marketing strategy and business mindset while you're cooking dinner, spending time for yourself, walking the dog. Like that's when I absorb my sort of content like this. Um, so thank you for everyone who's joined me along the way. And I can only hope that I can deliver more value for you moving forward. So I wanted to share with you the three kind of the three key things I've learned over the course of season three that hopefully you can get some value out of as well. So the first one it would be money mindset. I have had my mindset around money really challenged in the last fifteen weeks, and it's it's funny how sometimes in adversity we find things out about ourselves that might have gone unchecked if we weren't push to have a really hard look at ourselves. So to give you a bit of context, over the last 15 weeks, my business, I feel like my business undergoes like massive, not 180s, but for any of you 90s kids out there that were Pokemon fans, I feel like my business evolves every 18 months in a really dramatic way. And it's always for the better, but it's always feels very uncomfortable and very like stretched. So I went through another one of those transitions in the last 15 weeks. And what it meant is I had to do a bit of a deep dive and a massive refresh on my business, where I was taking it, what I was focusing on, what I was identifying as, as a service provider, and then rehashing my website, what my products and services look like, getting really clear on who exactly I was speaking to. And it was just a lot, a lot of work on top of doing the work and marketing my business. It was this whole other project. It's like I'd taken on a major client on top of everything else. That major client just was me. So I realized at the start of, around the start of season three, that I was kind of hitting the the ceiling of my own potential again and something needed to change to continue to scale. 
Um, one component of what I was doing was becoming like a bit of a marketing VA, which is what I set out to do initially. But I got to the point where I realized that I was doing, I was offering services to clients um, and there were people who were better suited to be doing parts of those that could be doing better work for those clients. So what do I mean by that is, so I was offering like overarching strategy and then it was like um, social media marketing, email, which are kind of like my core components. That's what I would love every small business owner to have. So I was offering the, the strategy and the doing across all these channels. And I was getting to the point where I'd probably taken my clients as far as I could go in terms of my skill set, but they wanted to keep working with me. We had a really good relationship, um, but I wanted to be delivering more for them on these platforms. Like I wanted to be delivering more for them in terms of results and traction on social media, um, thinking about copywriting and stuff like that. So, but I knew I couldn't be, you can't be an expert in everything. You just can't. So I realized that I needed to step away from being like a marketing VA and more of a marketing strategist where I assembled a team of experts and I drew on their expertise to deliver high value services and results to my clients. And so I managed the relationship, I helped them manage the bigger picture game plan and then I have a team of people who do the doing on their behalf and together we work on creating, getting good results for their business. And it's funny. That was one of the things I said ages ago I would never do. I never wanted to be running a team. Um, it's kind of like when you become a parent. You think about all the dumb stuff you said before you become a parent. Like, oh, I'm never doing that with my kids. My kids will never have dummies. And then lo and behold, you're running out to Woolies at 9 o'clock at night trying to get a six-pack of dummies because you've just had enough. And you regret saying that to yourself and leaving it that long. So similarly, in business... The one thing I said I wouldn't do, I said I never wanted to, I never wanted to build a team, not because I hate people, but it's like I didn't, I felt like that was going to be beyond me, managing people and developing people. And I just thought that whole, the, like the that like CEO level of having people beneath me, I, I was so frightened of doing that. And it turns out it was the thing I needed to do in order to get to the next level. And it's funny when I realized that all these amazing people just bubbled to the surface who just happened to have the skills that I needed to do it. It's like the universe was like, oh my God, that took you long enough. Here are the people you need. Go do your thing. So it was really, really good. Um, but a lot of growing pains involved in that. So that meant that I had to have a look at the way I packaged up my products and services and make sure that I was covering the cost of outsourcing to these really credible people and still justifying and validating my time I was spending on it in liaising with the client, doing research, things like that. So, and that was a lot of a lot of like that self belief stuff came up when we're constantly when we when we do place a dollar value on what we do. Man, it's tricky because you start looking at it, going, "Oh, would anyone pay that? Surely, like, surely that's too expensive." Like, and again, when it's stuff that you find easy, you find it hard to put a price on it because someone else can't do that. Like when we're sort of looking at going, well, anyone can put 12 really nicely developed social media graphics together and schedule them out and put really well-worded captions. Like surely anyone can do that. Fortunately, they can't. But also, I also can't do brain surgery. And so I would happily pay good money for someone to do brain surgery. Like that theory still applies to the rest of us. So the biggest takeaway I, I got from that was like, don't undervalue what you do just because it comes easily to you. Like that's why it's, that's why it's what you do. That's why brain surgeons do brain surgery, because it's what they do, but they can still charge premium for it because it's pretty technical stuff. Um, so that was a bit of a growing pain I had to go through. 
And then how this all comes back to the money mindset as well, apart from this whole friction point of putting an accurate dollar value on the value you deliver, where my money mindset came in is because I had to do all this revamping, like I'm still in the process of revamping my website, although I'm really excited about where that's going. Um, I've implemented a new piece of software, Dubsado. Um, Still early days, but I'm already a massive fan. Once I've got my head around it properly, I'd love to share more with you guys about how Dubsado is making a difference. But that was a big overhaul. That was like bringing together all these apps that I've been kind of patching together. It was such a good investment. Um, But it's also been a massive learning curve as well. Um, Now, I could have paid someone to set it up for me. But when I was speaking to my VA, she made the really good point of saying, you and I are going to want to know the ins and outs of this thing and what it's capable of because then we're going to know just how much we can apply it to. And I thought that was a really good, really good point. So between the two of us, we've muddled our way through it. Best thing we could have done as much as it was hard and as much as it meant a lot of late nights working, totally worth it because now I have the knowledge of the the fundamental principles of this software and I can look at all the opportunities I can apply it to now. So there was products and service overhaul. There was the mindset overhaul of like, who am I? Am I a marketing VA or am I a marketing strategist? And I had to get really real on that and go, you know what? I'm a marketing strategist for small businesses and I have a team of really good people who can deliver the end result under the umbrella of the strategy I create for my clients. And that was a really big thing to get over because I was like, I'm not a marketing strategist. And it's like, you create, if you create marketing strategy, unfortunately or fortunately, you are a marketing strategist. Um, so yeah, get used to it. So I had to get, get my head around that. Because I was revamping who I was and what I was doing, my, my products and services needed to be kind of re, sort of um, rehashed in terms of how, what did they look like financially for me. I had to also implement a new piece of software that was going to streamline a lot of things back of house for me, again, with giving me the ability to scale. And because I had to tip all that energy into this back-end stuff of my business, I had to sort of, I had to dial back on the amount of outreach work I did and the amount of clients I took on and the amount of client work that I took on. And so, you know, thought, you know, that's just the way it is. My account took a bit of a, a dive because I wasn't bringing in as much work because I needed to make sure the work I was doing was getting done and I needed to make sure I was getting the messaging, the packaging, the pricing and the processes right for when new work came in. Otherwise, I was going to be constantly chasing my tail with these processes half finished with these packages that didn't really sit right with me but that I was being locked into for six months because that's the the agreement term so I needed to make sure I got this stuff right before I brought new clients into the fold because then I was bringing them in on the right packages the right price point and I felt really good about everything we're going to do moving forward so then obviously the account took a bit of a dive because I just wasn't bringing in as much work and that was scary at first, I kind of just went with it and went, okay, let's just power through, work harder, work harder. Let's get to the other side of this one and start bringing more work in. And then throughout the process of all that, I realized how much my emotions were linked to how much cash was sitting in my business account. And it made me realize just how much we see our success as a business being directly linked to how much cash is sitting in our business account on any given day. And that's a really... That's a really crap way of thinking about it because like, you know, we get invoices paid monthly. We have our own expenses we have to pay for. Sometimes we'll invest in something so the account takes a bit of a hit for the greater good. I had to really teach myself that my business's value was not 
decided by the dollar value on my account on any given day. Like I really had to separate myself from that. Um, and I'd never had to address that before because everything had been ticking along really well up until this point. Yeah, I'd been working hard up until the point where I reached that ceiling. But there'd always been a really comfortable amount sitting in there. So I felt like, yeah, I'm kicking, I'm kicking goals, I'm doing this. You know, the account looks good, the pipeline looks good, everything's great. But it's because I was on teetering on the edge of having to invest in the next stage. And so when I did invest in the next stage and that money went out of the account, my happiness went out with it and my self-confidence and my sense of security went out with it. And I didn't realize how closely those two those two concepts had become codependent until the money went out and the good vibes went out with it. So that was one of the biggest things I had to get my head around in the last 15 weeks was believing that my business's value sat above the dollar value in the account associated with it and that I couldn't allow myself to follow the peaks and troughs of the account like ebb and flow I couldn't afford to follow that emotionally it was too having too much of an impact on my headspace and what I brought to the table but that was something I would never have learned about myself and really had to face if I hadn't faced a patch where I had to invest heavily in the business and see that account take um, run sort of backwards for a few months whilst I was putting this infrastructure in place no matter how much or how little you're investing in your regional small business marketing and no matter what platforms you're showing up on, a website is a critical part of any successful strategy. Why? Well, on social media, you're competing with notifications, tags and cat videos, right? If customers are listening to the radio or a podcast, they need something to Google when your ad catches their interest. And if they get a friendly referral to a product or service that's just right for them, they need to be able to find out more, make an appointment, jump on your newsletter list, or maybe take advantage of an offer. A website can act as a 24-7 salesperson for your small business. Want to know more? Head over to my website, meredithpage.me, see what I did there, and book a free 20-minute chat so we can talk about what kind of website your regional and rural small business needs. That's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H. P-A-I-G-E dot M for marketing, E for expert. And I'll see you in our 20-minute chat. Which leads me to the second thing that I learned about staying the course. So going into this big overhaul, I had a very clear game plan, a very clear set of, clear set of objectives about what I wanted out the other side. I researched and investigated into products, services. Um, I had my business coach um, on hand, I'd signed up for a six-month container, pretty much with this goal in mind. I'd signed up with my fantastic business coach, Tori Kopke. I joined a group program, um, and this was pretty much what I went into this with. I, I'd reached a point where I'm like, I need to take this to the next level, and this is what I want to have achieved at the other side of this group coaching program. And the good thing about Tori is she's really good for like nuts and bolts coaching. She's really good at going, okay, this is where we're going. Here's the to-do list. What have you done? Here's what I think about this. She was really good at reviewing like my price points, my packages, my services, having come from a similar sort of background. She was really good at giving that outside view of, you know, the value I was offering, whether I wasn't off, like charging enough, whether I was giving away more than what I was being compensated for. Really, really good set of eyes on everything I was working on in the process. And just that accountability, just that constant, all right, monthly check-in. What have we done? Where are you up to? What do you need me to review? Where, where, where are we going with all this? I had a very clear game plan at the outset. But what I wasn't prepared for was halfway through that game plan hitting like the slump. 
And I'm sure marathon runners probably experience this as well, where it's like they know they're committing to a marathon, but somewhere around the halfway mark, the willpower starts drying up and they start getting into that whole, what the hell am I doing here? Like mentality. And that's exactly where I was. And you start looking for quick exit points. Like I was getting very close to like shiny object syndrome where it's like, oh, I need to inject some cash into the account. I might dart sideways and do this really low ticket offer and I'll get a whole bunch of people on a low ticket offer and that'll be a good cash injection. It's really tempting to do that as a way to sort of get like a quick hit of financial kind of income. But the danger of that is there are really no quick wins in business. And I think this is a really dangerous message that comes out a lot in a lot of other marketing sort of spaces is that you can have these evergreen concepts and these download, like these online course concepts and things like that, where it's meant to be this gravy train. It's sold to us as this, oh, this will sit on your website for years to come and it'll just be like a little money earner. You'll see like a set and forget thing. What they don't tell you is the amount of effort you've got to pour into like an online course or a paid online training the front end effort you've got to pour into this thing in order to get it to the point where it ticks along on autopilot is huge. So, and then you've got to market the thing. So it's not just a matter of sticking a $97 product on your website and then it just sits there and it makes it rain. You've got to make the thing, make sure the thing is connected to your target market. There is a market for it and it's delivering on a promise. You've got to create it, whether that's videos, downloads, guides, what have you. You've got to go through the energy and the effort of getting the tech right to get it up on your website. And then you have to market it so people know about it so then they can be drawn to it and buy the thing for them to start generating an income. And I was already heavily involved in setting up a new um, CRM with Dubsado. And then, like that's the new workflow tool. Revamping my website, revamping my products and services and packages. That was not going to be the quick win that that part of my brain was thinking of thinking it was because I would still have to tip in all this additional energy to get that thing on the website up and running. Like it just, it wasn't going to happen. So I really had to trust that, you know, five, ten weeks ago, Meredith knew what she was doing when she came up with this game plan and stay the course and not get distracted by shiny objects or quick wins all these side streams that was going to take away from this thing that I was trying to get done that was going to be essential to the future of my business. Um, so, yeah, staying the course. And it's funny, we had like a, within the um, within the group program that I'm in, there was another couple of business owners who seemed to be at the same point. They were going through a massive overhaul and they were at that messy middle bit where it's like they'd torn the house down, it was just back down to a slab, and they were at the crappy part of just clearing away the rubble before they rebuilt the new thing. And it's at that point where you just, you can't see the vision anymore. It just feels like a mess you're cleaning up with no end in sight. And you've kind of got to hang to what you thought was a good idea before you started. Because back when you started this idea, you had the vision and you had the goal in mind. You're just in between the mountains right now. You're in the valley in the middle and you can't see shit, and it just feels like an uphill slog from there, and it doesn't feel fun, but you've kind of got to stick to the game plan, because you, in a better place, in a better time, knew this was a good idea. But that was really tough to learn as well, is to not go down these side shoots of, you know, shiny object ideas to try and get quick wins that were going to distract me from the core project I was working on. And the third thing I was kind of reminded of was having systems to fall back on when stuff gets tough like again this isn't the first nor the second nor the third time I've been in a position where I've been so grateful for the systems and the people I have in place to keep things ticking over like 
my podcast social media system I have with my VA is amazing because all I have to do is this, essentially. I just have to record it, um, ship it off to her, and she edits it. She creates all the social media graphics. She also extracts some kind of like thought bubbles and turns them all into separate posts. So off the back of a podcast, I get... Like, if off the back of, like, one audio recording I send her, I get weekly emails. I get the podcast itself. I get a, f- a variety of social media graphics that go in, like, stories and highlights and feed. So all that infrastructure is in place and all the systems are in place that do all that off the back of this one, like, audio recording that I put together. And so as long as I kept doing that, my marketing was diverse and helpful and consistent while I was in the weeds working on my business. So, and this is another reason why I'm so passionate about marketing systems for small businesses because this kind of stuff always happens. If it's not overhauling your business, it could be you getting sick, it could be a sick kid, it could be major life changes. Like, life's not simple and it, we, and we don't, the business and our personal life also don't live in silos. Like, there's overlap every single day. Like, apart from everything I was going through on my business, we're also going through some pretty dramatic changes in my personal life. Um, not bad or scary, just big, big and complicated and a lot at once. So, but that's life, especially life in small business. Like, when we're running these small businesses in small towns and trying to raise small humans at the same time, there is a lot of overlap. And again, it doesn't have to be bad, but it's stuff you want to be there for. Like, after two years of COVID crap... Um, my son is now in a position where things are happening at school and they're great things like book weeks and dress up days. And I finally got to see him getting like a really big award at assembly where his name got called out and the other kids clapped for him. And we haven't had that in two years. He's had sports carnivals. And so it's been like projects and dioramas and book week outfits and all these, all this fantastic stuff. That's just like the, that's just the best about having a kid at school right now someone's got to someone's got to make the diorama like I me and my husband we both work someone's got to make the outfit someone's got to go shopping to spotlight and get all the crafty stuff to make all this happen like all this extra stuff is laid into podcasting social media doing the client work sending invoices following up invoices like all this stuff has to still happen within the 24 hours a day that we have Oh, and P.S. We also have to sort of make time for self-care and get enough sleep and make sure we're eating well. Like, all that is someone's job. So the more you can automate and the more you can have running on autopilot, the more you can spend your time in your zone of genius and on the things you can't automate. Like, you can't automate a book week outfit. You just can't. You can't automate a diorama. You can't automate you showing up to assembly. You can't automate you cheering on the sidelines at a sports carnival. You can't automate that stuff. So if we automate the stuff we can, where we don't have to manually handle it, it means we can show up where it counts. So again, hugely grateful for my VA. Shout out to Meredith, who's probably editing this right now. Um, Yes, my VA is also called Meredith. We will cover that story in the next season, don't you worry. Hugely grateful for the systems I've put in place in my business so I can show up where I have to um, and where I want to. So, speaking of which, change is coming in season four. I've noticed over the last three seasons, I get on a really good roll up until about episode 10, and then I drag myself to the finish line. So, to me, that says, let's make them 10 season ep- ten episode seasons. So, as of season four, it's going to be 10 episodes. And when I said that to my VA, she had a massive I told you so moment, which she totally deserved, because she's like, Meredith, school terms are 10 weeks. 
that makes perfect sense for you, for me, for our target market. I hate to say I told you so. I'm like, no, no, have your moment. I'll, I'll wait. So long story short, um, we're having 10-week seasons. Full credit to my VA for seeing that three seasons sooner than I did. Anyway, and then what I want to do is I want to make the episodes even higher value, so lots more guests. As my business grows and I start networking with more people, I'm coming up against some really interesting small business owners doing some really cool stuff in small towns. So I want to talk to more of them about what they're doing in their businesses to make it work and what we can all kind of learn off each other. That I'm really excited about and I have a whole list of people I can't wait to share with you. I'm also going to be changing the name of the podcast because whilst Taking Back Joy was kind of, it felt right at the time, I need something that's a bit more on target. Now I'm not quite sure where I'm going to go with this just yet. There's kind of two ways I can go about it. I can go about it down the road of like using my name along the lines of like your Joe Rogans and your Jordan Petersons and all that kind of stuff. Feels a little bit punching above my weight doing it that way but then they'll have to start somewhere too and because I kind of cover a bit of a range of topics I'm always a bit concerned about being too search engine because the other way I could go with the name would be to be something like the regional small business marketing podcast which sounds a bit wah, wah, like boring but highly searchable but most of the clients that I end up working with come to me via referral, not by just wandering off the metaphorical street in a Google search. So not quite sure I'm going to go with that yet, but I'm not so sold on the idea of making it like a podcast with a whole bunch of keywords in the name. So watch this space. The name will change. But for those of you that listen and subscribe, you'll still get it anyway. And that's also going to be a really good opportunity to update all the graphics and the visuals, especially because my website's getting a revamp. So... Lots of exciting things coming next season, lots of big things that I've learned this season. And again, I just want to say thank you to you guys for all the feedback I get, for all the positive support, for all the content ideas, and to everyone who's been a guest on the podcast, thank you so much for helping me offer such a diverse range of voices and experiences in this to show each other as much as it is about cool ideas and things we're trying and you know things that unexpected things that work for us it's mainly about remembering that we're not alone in this when we're running small businesses in small towns trying to raise small humans at the same time there's a pretty unique and diverse set of challenges but we're not alone in this and we're going to figure it out one episode at a time